This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with both the Contact Talk Radio Network and C-Suite Radio Network. Before introducing my guest of today, another phenomenal guest who's joining us, I just want to, first of all, as I always do, thank my corporate sponsors, which are inclusive of AHA That Forever and Halton Honda. I want to also thank my loyal listeners and my podcast subscribers, and I want to thank iHeartRadio, Spotify, new additions, platforms that you can find the podcast link of each week. So who is my phenomenal guest of today? Well, my guest today is a wonderful woman by the name of Christy Knights. Christy is a psychotherapist in private practice, a C-suite leadership expert, and professional speaker in suicide prevention and awareness. She provides assessment, education, and strategies to C-level organizations, including C-suite executives, in psychological health and safety management. Christy is the founder and CEO of iRISE Leadership Institute, a nonprofit 501. It provides leadership training, educational resources, and awareness in suicide prevention. Christy published a book titled Unsung Heroes, Deconstructing Suicide Through Personal Stories of Triumph. It provided a platform for those who have contemplated or attempted suicide to share stories so they may inspire others to live. All proceeds are donated to suicide awareness and prevention through educational programs. Christy has also co-authored multiple books in leadership. Christy has written 100-plus articles for a variety of web-based companies on self-growth, including Thrive Global and Teen Mentor. She has co-authored multiple business books. Christy most recently founded Ask the Therapist show on Facebook. It is a weekly live show where audience members can ask questions to receive guidance, support, and inspiration. In addition, Christy launched the podcast, The Revolutionary Leader, Conversations of Influence and Change on iTunes, Google, and SoundCloud. The podcast features Christy interviewing guests about their battle with mental health issues, how they overcame and are living a life of joy. Among the guests are professionals that can offer support and guidance to the audience. Christy is a member of the C-Suite Radio Network, Hero Club member, and board advisor, International Coaching Federation, National Board of Certified Counselors, National Speakers Association, and American Association of Suicidology. Christy is committed to serve and lead others from a place of leadership, love, and vulnerability. For additional info, you can visit Christy at Christy at ChristyKnights.com. Christy, I want to welcome you to Living Fearlessly. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. That was such a mouthful. I think I need to shorten that bio a little. <laughs> well, no, actually, it's a testament to all the wonderful things you're continually doing to pay it forward and to be of service. And we certainly need more people like you doing oh, these wonderful you. things to anchor other people up. So, you know, everybody knows who follows me, which I'm grateful for that this is unscripted. It's organic. Mm, I think it makes for yes. a much more authentic discussion. So I would like to actually ask you, why specifically suicide? Why is this a near and dear topic for you specifically, Christy? 
Hmm. You know, I grew up with over 350 foster children, and that was such a life of chaos at times, but it was also a time where I was able to be there and support other teenagers. At that time, they were my peers, you know, when they were going mm-hmm. through difficult times, such as suicide attempts. Um, and it began then and just has grown since. I see it as a very challenging area of psychotherapy, and that tends to be where I'm drawn to the places where there's deeper challenges. Beautiful. Well, as you know, from things we've discussed in the, in, uh, the back end here, long before we had this scheduled on the calendar, um, many, many parallels between you and I. And mm-hmm. I used to work yeah. in group homes and foster homes, and I used to work in crisis management, specifically within social services for 25 years. And yes. suicide is something that's touched people who I've worked with, and it's also touched family members and close mm-hmm. friends. So you know, when we're talking about mental health and the awareness that's associated with that and really trying to destigmatize um, all that surrounds mental health, because, of course, when we're talking about physical health, you know, nobody has any problems talking about diets or talking mm-hmm. about exercise or nutrition. Uh, people have no problems, you know, putting pictures up of their before and after weight loss. Uh, but when it comes to mental health, there still seems to be, unfortunately, some taboo associated with that. And why do you think that is? And, and how far do you think we have, in fact, come, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that we've made some strides. Absolutely. But I think as our suicide rate has become um, an epidemic, it's now an epidemic in our in our world that it, it shows that we still have a lot of work to do. And I think it mostly comes from this place of shame, right? People struggle to admit when there are things that cannot be seen necessarily Mm. that are wrong or they struggle with. There is this fear of lack of belief, um, lack of validity. So therefore they keep it to themselves. Um, But like you said, weight loss or, you know, other things that are measurable and obvious, we have no problem embracing, but this is a little more difficult for people. Right. Well, and I know that you're all about transparency and vulnerability. So are you comfortable Mm. to the degree that you would wish to share Um, because I think it does lend more credibility and legitimacy to the people who I'm showcasing. But has this Mm -hmm. been something that's touched you in terms of ideology? Mm, Absolutely. You know, I have struggled for many years with just ongoing um, anxiety or depression with some suicidal thoughts that were Mm -hmm. pervasive and chronic. Um, In the book, I am in the last chapter where I describe my journey through a very painful, painful divorce. And at one point, just being so financially ruined that it took me to a very dark place where I thought that I just wanted to die and, and truly just wanted to escape the pain. But there were there was a moment in my chapter I described just releasing the pills into the water and looking to heaven and seeing a beautiful dove, knowing that I could move forward. But yes, Lisa, I've been there so many times. Wow. And so aside from the symbolism of the dove and that kind of, you know, shifting you back into a moment mm. of clarity, What else has helped you stay um, in the network of support or knowing yourself well enough to know the triggers or the defeating thoughts that are taking you down the rabbit hole? What is it that you do for yourself, knowing it's worked Mm -hmm. for you and knowing that this is a tool and an opportunity given the platform and the, the wide range audience in which to impart some tangible tools that might be effective for the listeners? 
Sure, absolutely. You know, as a therapist, people assume that I am strong. Um, they assume that I don't have my own struggles, and that's just not accurate. You know, mm -hmm. even though I am a therapist, there are times where I do not apply the skills and I don't take my own advice. I mean, how often do we give it but not take it? True. Um, but for our listeners, you know, things that worked for me were just that ability to stay grounded. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, anxiety is one of the symptoms of suicide. And anxiety leads us to think about the past or think about the future. But if we can find a way to stay in the moment and ground ourselves through all of our senses, it mm -hmm. helps to lower our level of anxiety and then we're able to think more clearly, more logically. So I spend each day, twice a day, grounding myself through meditation, only about 10 minutes a day. Um, in addition, you know, I am a Christian, so I practice my beliefs, and that mm -hmm. helps me remain focused, is to live by faith. Um, I do go to therapy on a regular basis. I think it's really important that we look at our self-care as more than just a bubble bath and a glass of wine or, right. a, you know, or a, yes. a beer and a basketball. Like it's so much more than that. Um, and looking at our nutrition, getting sleep. Sleep is one of the number one reasons people struggle with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So if we're able to do those things on a regular basis and create that routine, it helps to lower the level of, of distress in our lives. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, I certainly appreciate you sharing that with all of us. And I know that I would be speaking for the live audience as well. So in terms of Ask the Therapist, and I've had the, the pleasure mm. and the privilege of being able to tune into that a few times, certainly not as often as what I would like. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly impressed that, you know, you maximize and access all available platforms in which to spread the word and to help mm. people and again, to be of service. Uh, where others are concerned. So what are some of the feedbacks, what are some of the testimonials yeah. or some of the disclosures that people have shared with you openly on Facebook Live? Sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. I try to reach every platform to teach people how valuable they are. And I love serving on Facebook Live. I love being live um, with an audience, as you know. You know, mm -hmm. you also feed off of that, right? We love to serve in that way. Um, but I receive questions from Anything from I'm struggling with my sex life in my marriage to I've lost a child. How do I begin to grieve? Um, one of the more difficult questions I received was my child has a disorder, which um, a disease at one point they will die. We don't know when. How do I begin to grieve and deal with this myself mm -hmm. and with my children? We discuss communication, effective communication among um, in relationships, as well as career advice. We cover the gamut. You never know what you're going to get live. Um, and we get it all. We have about four to 500 viewers and about uh, eight to 10 questions, um, along with lots of inspiration and motivation each week. Beautiful. And is there any one situation, one scenario, particularly when you're live, because you can't anticipate what's coming your way in the way of questions or somebody outwardly saying that they're right now in that moment as they're tuning into you in sure. a moment of struggle. So have you ever within your career or either on the platform of Ask the Therapist Show on Facebook, have you ever encountered a, a question or a dynamic unfolding where you thought, 
regardless of my qualifications, I just don't know what to do with this necessarily. Mm, Yes, yes. I think we're all human and struggle in that way. And part of revolutionary leadership is for me is to be able to say, look, I don't know what to do right now, Mm -hmm. but nor do I know the answer, but I will get back to you and we will connect. Um, And I've been able to do that a number of times with questions around things like CBD oil. You know, I promote it in my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some questions that I've been asked that I just have to find other resources, you know, or family members struggling with specific personality disorders. Um, But, you know, interestingly enough, one that tripped me up the most, and this is this is kind of funny, is I was live on Facebook and my husband got a flat tire and reached out to me while I was alive. <laughs> yes, he was stuck with his daughter on the side of the road. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what do I do? I've got a live audience. <laughs> do I go get my husband or, you know? <laughs> right. Or, or maybe he could just sit there until after our show. <laughs> and my, so what was the outcome? <laughs> well, I shared it with the audience members because it was so abrupt. And they all said to me multiple times, please go get your husband. Like this is a priority. And it really was, you know, a moment to pause and say, ah, as much as I love going live and serving, I have to evaluate my priorities too. And my family still has to come first, even live. Right. Right. <laughs> well, what I love about that scenario is that it, it again, it brings back in the moment, the reality of how we do wear different hats and we Mm. do have competing priorities. And we do, as human beings, we know things get thrown at us that are unforeseen all the time where we have to mentally go, okay, how am I going to prioritize this? Or how Mm. am I going to reprioritize this? Or how am I, as I'm serving other people right now in the moment and wanting to fulfill that obligation, how do I then handle this unforeseen incident that just came my way through text or whatever the case may be? So I think that's wonderful because that humanizes it you as well being the facilitator of what you're doing uh, Mm -hmm. to reach the masses um, you are still human and you still grapple with these unforeseen circumstances like all of us who have to go okay got a deal here I gotta I gotta level up I gotta manage this Um, so I think people would probably appreciate seeing that unfold firsthand Mm -hmm. yes another scenario happened that I was waiting for my daughter and I was on the phone live and she was training at our baseball park at PNC and she was being followed by a man and she panicked and we have a special it's called safe trek on our phones that she can push safe trek and they GPS locate her and send a police right away So I'm going live. She's sending me messages that a man is following her and she has now employed safe track. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. Said, guys, do you want to join me or shall we hang up? Like I need to take care of my daughter, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I think that's one of the number one questions I get in both my practice and as well as the work I do in speaking is how do I make a decision in the moment where there's so much emotion? Right. We get tripped up in our emotions all the time, learning how to take that deep breath, having a moment of clarity and making that decision based on logic is one of the best skills a person can obtain through practice and and hard work. Most decisions made emotionally lead down a path you don't necessarily want to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very critical point, I think. Um, And and yeah, because it perpetuates the cycle. Right. And we talk Mm -hmm. about this quite often on my show. You know, we talk about mindset. And I think sometimes when we talk about honing mindset, some people may 
be inclined to think that that's negating the population of people who do have struggles that they feel is somewhat out of their control or they do need uh, management with in terms of medication or therapy or counseling or whatever the case may be. And I don't see it that way and I can't be responsible for everyone's interpretation of how things get viewed. Um, but, you know, it, I do believe what you put your attention on does grow stronger. And so mm, if you know that yes. you're somebody who already chronic um, deals or grapples with chronic depression, mm -hmm. then there is an element of choice and personal control where you go, okay, this is something that I assume responsibility for and knowing that this is through an acknowledgement, this is something that I grapple with. This is just part of who I am. Yeah, not like anything else that we have to deal with in life, whether it be, you know, cancer or whether it be hmm. whatever the case may be. But right. you still within that struggle, you could still have the choice and the opportunity to put your attention on things that are going to better serve you or not further take you down the rabbit hole. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that's the power of transparency. Yes. When we are willing to be vulnerable and transparent, we are less likely to go down that rabbit hole. Absolutely. Well, as somebody who can appreciate having been in the line of work, I mean, we wore different titles and hats, mm -hmm. of course, but, um, you know, I'm always concerned and this has come up as a, as a subject matter, depending on what the guest and I are talking about, but sure. we talk about vicarious trauma. And uh, so for the amount of disclosures that would be coming your way, Christy, and for the amount of intimate, um, difficult pieces of information that you would be subjected to, how do you not allow yourself while still being in that realm of mm -hmm. empathy and being supportive or, you know, sympathetic or compassionate, how do you not internalize that as a therapist in terms of maintaining that boundary? Hmm. I think that is a, a great question. And I just came back from a conference where I spoke um, at the national level on vicarious trauma um, and how it impacts professionals, because we mm -hmm. see it not only in my profession, but we see it in so many other professions that are not recognized. And that is my, you know, part of my humor in saying, you know, self-care as champagne and a bubble bath. Right. You know, because of vicarious trauma and listening to stories over and over again, whether you're a therapist or a lawyer, a dentist, a doctor, whatever it may be, you're hearing that one of the main ways to care for yourself so it does not move into what we call secondary post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. which is one of the symptoms of suicide, is processing, not stuffing it, but being able to identify a support system to talk about it as soon as you're hearing things you're processing and not internalizing. That second piece is going back to our own well-being and making sure that we're giving ourselves downtime, that we're not overbooking ourselves, that we are eating well, sleeping, giving ourselves that rest that we need so mm -hmm. that our brains can rejuvenate and not internalize that trauma. And those are the steps that I take, you know, between each client, I do take that 10 minutes. I tell every client I am late by 10 minutes. That's who I am. So mm -hmm. I will always be, I'm using that time to prepare for you taking those deep breaths, saying a prayer or meditating in between just to clear the negative energy in that space to Beautiful. then prepare for the next person. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and that's how we truly show up for people, right? Mm, yes. Yes. Right? 
So sometimes not being on the clock right away is actually to the benefit of everybody involved. Absolutely. Right. And it, yes. And there's benefits to that. And they eventually do see that, you know, there isn't, I've got amazing clients, amazing clients, and they never give me a hard time when I'm late because <laughs> you know, they know what I'm doing. They know I'm preparing for them and it's not negligence. And I encourage people not necessarily to be late, but <laughs> to build right in, build in that 10 to 15 minutes throughout your day where you can recenter, refocus so -hmm. that trauma isn't lingering and doesn't begin to set in as anxiety or obsessive thinking, depression, inability to sleep, weight loss, burnout. Those are all symptoms of lack of self-care. Absolutely. Well, and I'm sure for the types of clients that you provide service to, they've all been in that category of um, being on the waiting end and knowing that they appreciate that because that means that you are wanting to be fully present and -hmm. you don't want to carry those vibes or whatever from your previous call or client session over into the energy of wanting to be present and effective for who's next on the roster, right? Absolutely, Lisa. Absolutely. Well, I also want to ask you the question, too, because I know this is pivotal for this line of work. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, following a session, is there one person or is it part of your built-in infrastructure of self-care for yourself following a client session where you automatically do debrief with somebody else? Mm. Yes, there are certain clients who will definitely trigger my own past trauma. Mm -hmm. And I work very hard in therapy to work through that, of course, but it doesn't change the fact that I am human. And if there's a level of emotion that I experience as the result, I do have someone that I will shoot a few texts to just to debrief and process another professional. Um, I also have another professional two doors down from my Mm -hmm. office space and her and I meet on a regular basis just to talk about what we're experiencing in our sessions and how we can support one another as professionals. Fantastic. And have you ever in your experience for what it is that you do, Christy, have you ever as a clinician had to say, okay, I'm still obviously committed to doing the work on myself and absolving myself of perhaps my own issues. Mm. And maybe there's a particular client who I wouldn't be best serving to Mm. take on because I know that I would likely be re-triggered and that's not going to be helpful for them going forward. Is there a type of client that you've had to refer to somebody else for those Mm. reasons? Yes, there has been times where I've had to refer, although as I've gotten older, I am so much better at it. It's (laughs) no longer about pride and challenge, right? It's more about, look, recognizing through transparency, this is where I struggle. And if this is the area, I will best serve you by referring you out. And in fact, I just did that today with someone um, who I felt that there was just something that just wasn't working. And it wasn't them, it was my own work that needed to be done. And I referred them to a colleague. Super. And did that go over well with understanding? Absolutely. They appreciated the fact that I could be honest with them and that mm-hmm. I did not try to take on something that I felt that I wasn't 
necessarily um, best served in, you know, that they would do better with somebody else with a different skill set than I have. And that's the beauty of our profession is we are each unique and have our own skill sets. And it's Mm -hmm. building that network that allows us to be able to care best for our clients. Fantastic. Well, and that says a lot to me about you, as would be anybody who works more closely in the field with you for this line of work, Christy, because I think, you know, it says a lot about your level of professionalism, your ethics, your incre- your uh, integrity, where you do cultivate that level of self-awareness enough to know where you are going to be effective and perhaps where you would be least effective. Um, I think it takes great strength and I, ta- I think it takes a-, a lot of courage. And of course, I'm all about living fearlessly yes. to be able to say, you know what? I'd love to be it all. I'd love to do it all. Mm. But let's face it, it's not possible, nor is it even healthy. So I'm not even going to go down that road. Mm. Um, So, Mm. you know, your boundaries with yourself and the way you've got your infrastructure of support put in place, uh, not just for your clients, but for yourself, I think that speaks volumes for your level of professionalism. So Mm. good on you. Thank you. And I think you're right. You're absolutely right in saying it's not just at work, right? We do that in our own personal lives. Yes where we begin to identify as we're healthier and stronger, who can be at the table and who cannot. And it is okay that there are people who you say, no, I'm sorry, you may not be here in my space because it's not good for me. Mm-hmm. That That is part of caring for ourselves. And many times it may even be a family member or a spouse that we have to ask to leave the table. As painful as it is, ultimately, it's what allows us to thrive in life. Absolutely. And so at what point in your journey, Christy, did you go from, because this seems to be quite prevalent among people who are in the caregiving profession. It's sometimes difficult to be a caregiver in some capacity, some role, Mm. without also being a people pleaser. So what cathartic moment in your professional Mm. life, or perhaps your personal life, or maybe it was one and the same, where you said, okay, you know, enough is enough, I've got to get very clear on the power of the word no. Mm. Gosh, what an amazing question, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for that. I don't believe I've discussed this before um, as specific as this, but I would say it definitely was um, the ending of my marriage. It -hmm. was the time where I truly believed that enough was enough and I needed to love myself first if I was going to be an amazing mom, business owner, daughter, sister. Mm -hmm. That was really the pivotal point for me where I began to take my own life back and and live again in a place of healthiness. Fantastic. And so you've become quite staunch and fierce in knowing what your non-negotiables are to the point where people won't even try to persuade you to go backwards (laughs) in your thinking or your boundaries. Or do you still get challenged? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, As I went through that process, it was very um, empowering, although devastating, and I can recognize that and difficult for the children. For me, it was also empowering where I learned that I love who I am and who I am is the work I've done and the sum of those around me. And if you don't, like that, it's okay. The sky Mm -hmm. will not fall. Mm -hmm. The sky will not fall. And owning who I am has allowed me to truly serve those around me unconditionally and with transparency and no fear 
with no mm-hmm. fear. Um, because I know that I was created beautifully and I have been called to serve and no one's going to stand in that path mm-hmm. um, because of that passion, because of that purpose and owning my own identity finally at age 36. Wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so what have you been most surprised about in your own evolution of self-growth and self-development? Hmm. What have I been most surprised about? You know, I, it's almost as if I could see the strength, but could never grasp it. Now that I'm on the other side of it, I finally believe that I am strong. Mm hmm. You know, we rise and are strong when we have to be, not knowing how much we'll need to be. And then when you look on the other side and people are saying, oh, my gosh, how did you do? How did you do that? I Mm -hmm. I can't believe you. And I went, hmm, you're right. I am strong. And I truly believe that I have a level of resilience and ability to totally kick it when I need to because of my life experiences, because I leveraged my pain because I did not sit in it, but I leveraged it to grow and -hmm. learn about life lessons, which is what you and I teach every day. Yes. Yes. And this is why when I talk about vibe attracting tribe, this is why we are synergistically Mm -hmm. aligned. Um, And this is why, you know, I look to people like you as well, who hold the space and, and, you know, are very self-empowered and are doing wonderful things to empower other people to empower themselves because of the life lessons, because of the ideology, because of the approach to leveling up in one's own life. Um, You know, I don't subscribe to victimology. It's not to negate people's pain. Mm -hmm. It's not to say, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I I feel compassion for you, but I will never commiserate with people. Never. Because for what, what I've gone through in my life and for what you've described, for what you've gone through in your life, and again, lots of parallels that you and I are aware of, um, you know, if I can do it, I really do believe anybody can do it. I, I really Absolutely. strongly believe that. I don't give mm-hmm. myself permission to make excuses or to play bystander in my own life and let life pass me by. Because like you, Christy, I do recognize, as do many of us who are in the space, this gift we call life. And it's not meant mm. to be easy. We're not meant right. to be spoon fed. You know, if everything was to go perfectly well all the time there'd be no contrast which means there'd be no true appreciation or level of gratitude to recognize the good days or to know when we have made strides in our own growth or to know Mm. when we have made impact in other people's lives uh including our own life so yeah so yeah i think that's very very important now let's talk about your podcast i want to hear what's Hmm. going on for you when did you start when can people tune in to you sure Um, yeah Yeah, this has been an incredible journey. You know, I launched the podcast March of this past year and truly believed in Unsung Heroes, right? Mm, That was mm -hmm. the name of the podcast, Unsung Heroes, and I still do. Um, That's the name of the book as well. It was a spinoff of my nonprofit. And what I found, Lisa, professionally is I was becoming confused with nonprofit versus solo practitioner. Mm. And I was crossing lanes repeatedly through unsung heroes, yet not truly achieving the goal I wanted. So through taking a deep breath and some great mentors, including yourself, other C-suite executives and Hero Club members, they sat down with me and we did a Mm -hmm. rebranding. 
And I was very open-minded as I have been with you and said, okay, this is the time I want to learn and grow. I, no resistance here. I'm ready and willing. And we rebranded to the Knights of the Revolutionary Leader, Conversations of Change and Influence. Mm-hmm. What I had found through Unsung Heroes is I was attracting very organically leaders. That wasn't my initial intent. My initial intent was the average person we see walking down the sidewalk who struggles with mental health issues and to be able to showcase them as true leaders, as true heroes, because they surmounted their life struggles Mm. and they're living a life of joy. But leaders started coming to me saying, will you interview me for this? I like this platform. Awesome. So the new platform really allows for embracing both, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Embracing embracing everyone. Um, And it has been rebranded. We're now re- um, What's the right word? Uh, Relaunching each episode as- Knights of the Revolutionary Leader with show notes. And what I love about the show notes is the audience now has an opportunity to follow along, develop, and grow with built-in exercises and mantras to get them through each week. It's incredible. Yeah, loving it. Fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Oh, I'm having so much fun. (laughs) Super. Yes. Well, you know, and just circling back to what you said when I asked that question, you know, I'm not at all surprised that it's the leaders themselves who are in the space who are wanting and vying to be a guest on your program. Because for every leader, influencer, thought leader that I've interviewed on my show, what I love about the message, the joint message that gets shared with the listening audience and, and eventually the podcast subscribers is it's not we're not here to talk about all the acclaim and the success and the status mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. because we all know you and I know as entrepreneurs and people who do what we do behind the scenes, there are so many challenges and there are so many life experiences that have birthed the trajectory of our journey, Mm -hmm. which makes us want to share more importantly, the life lesson and more so than the possibility, the capability that we each possess within all of us where we can turn those ugly things that have perhaps happened in our lives, those traumatic moments, those tragic moments, and we can recognize the lessons and the gifts that came from those mm. that can further propel us because we have developed thicker skin or we have right. found our voice or we do know statistically we're not the only one who has encountered those types mm. of circumstances or hardship. So when you say that these are the types of people demographic wise who are more so than, you know, the average person walking yes. down the street wanting to appear as a guest on your show. That makes perfect sense to me because Mm. anybody who's earned the right or is Mm. characterized as a leader in the space, they've been through some crap. Yes, yes. When I found, too, sitting with clients, the awakening of many clients say to me, well, I'm not as good as you. I couldn't do what you do. Or look at so-and-so as a leader. I'm not like them. I could never do that. Because most leaders only showcase what's positive. Right. 
we're seeing a real movement, in my opinion, of what I call a revolutionary leader who makes radical changes of being vulnerable and transparent mm -hmm. so that others can see and give hope to people who I see every day that, yes, you can do it. Look at this leader or look at myself. I had the suicidal thoughts. I had the near attempt. You know, I am someone who is divorced, remarried, blending a family. I am just like you. Yes. We yes. All can. And so that's been a great discovery of these leaders too, is they don't know it, but they're truly, when they share that mental health struggles, they're inspiring other people to be able to move forward too. They're saving lives. Absolutely. Well, and I think there's a, a level of due diligence for somebody who's in the space of being a podcaster or on mm -hmm. the global scene or in the public eye. You know, mm -hmm. in order to get a genuine draw or buy-in from people, people need to know that you're relatable. Mm, people need yes. to know that, you know, yes, you've got qualities and infrastructure that you've built within yourself to make you a strong person or to hone your mindset. But you're not Teflon. Uh, right. You're not infallible. You're not non-human to the point where you don't feel what everybody else does on the spectrum of emotion when we are faced with trials and tribulations. But again, it's, it's the approach of how do we get out from underneath the rock so we don't succumb to victimology and we can, in fact, become the warrior in our own lives. Therefore, by demonstration, we can be that inspiration to other people who perhaps maybe have lacked the infrastructure of support or haven't mentored up or haven't, you know, sponged up the yummy things that we do in the space of the types of literature and the YouTube videos and the types of professionals that we align with within the C-suite, et cetera. Um, all of that pivotal and paramount to our own personal growth and personal development. So, yeah, I think these things are very key and I think that they're very important in terms of being relatable. Mm -hmm. um, anybody can be a podcaster, right. um, but you know, if you're not showing the strength within vulnerability, if you're not mm -hmm. sharing and opening up and being fully exposed in some aspect of yes. what the general population can relate to and identify with, you'll never mm -hmm. get buy-in. Right. Absolutely. And I was listening to a book by Patrick Lansoni, and he is a leader um, in organizational behavior. And he said the leader must step up and do it first yes. in order to establish the buy-in. If you're not willing to do that in your organization, then you cannot expect the others to do it. Absolutely. Particularly for any level of business where you're mm. talking about transparency or honesty. There is no more transparency or honesty than outside of vulnerability itself. I think it starts there first and foremost. And then when people can see you as a human being who can own that not everything in their life is great or that they haven't been yes. absent of strife or stress, then when you're talking about transparency or openness in terms of communication or budgets mm -hmm. or monies or whatever, then mm -hmm. people are more likely to align with you and know that you're not only a truth giver, but you're a truth seeker. Yes. And, you know, I want to make a point. I was speaking with um, Bob Berg in an interview on a podcast, and he and I were talking about the differences between transparency and authenticity. Mm. And he prefers the word authenticity because people can be transparent about the wrong things. True. So I think it's a really valid point in that we want to be sure when we choose to be transparent that we are choosing 
information, life lessons that benefit and serve others that do not victimize us, that mm. do not um, downplay pain or are negative for the other person, right? We're choosing to share life lessons that are positive and healing and will serve others. Absolutely. I, I actually believe and subscribe to that wholeheartedly. That's lovely. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah, I thought that was a good distinction. Absolutely. Now, as somebody who, such as yourself, you know, you're an overachiever too. You've got great stamina. You've got great endurance. And when we believe in the purpose and the passion for why we're here, what our mission is, what our vision is, our goal uh, ideally is to impart the message and reach the masses and the collective, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. can put us in a position of feeling overextended at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but as somebody who's very clear on their boundaries, such as you, Christy, but knowing that you are somebody who has so much that they have yet to aspire to want to accomplish, mm-hmm. what is next on the horizon for you? And how, how far out do you plan? Mm-hmm. I usually like to go five years. Um, okay. That's, and then I work it backwards from there. And and you're right. Up until recently, Lisa, I was starting a new business every other week, and really striving to just make my mark on the world by this major vibration. And what I've learned um, is it's just too much. Like I have mm-hmm. to begin to focus, and not fear the focus. And that's what I discovered about myself just two weeks ago. Beautiful. Yes, is that I lacked the focus, the laser focus out of fear, fear that I would not achieve or accomplish what my goal was. Um, So as I have discovered that, I've released multiple arms of the business saying, that's not where my energy needs to be spent, nor is it what I felt called to. It was more about generating income. Mm -hmm. And it went for me when it's about the bottom line, or it's about money, then I begin to lose my passion and my purpose. Mm-hmm. Although we need money to survive, of course, it can't for me be what feeds me. Mm-hmm. So realizing that I began to focus on where it all began. And at the age of 18, I entered college knowing I wanted to be a therapist, but also minoring in professional speaking knowing that I wanted to reach the masses with my word, not necessarily private practice, but feared that I would not be successful. Hmm. I have placed that on the back burner multiple times out of fear. And just in the last two weeks, I said, no more. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the lack of income. I will not be afraid of the wealth if it were to occur. I will deal with this and move forward. So Right now, for me, I am pursuing professional speaking relentlessly. Good for you. My private practice is still intact. That's my bread and butter, and it will continue to be. I don't want anybody to panic. Right. Um, (laughs) That's listening. Clients will be saying, well, no. Um, But I am pursuing professional speaking to the masses from inspirational, motivational to going into businesses and organizations and speaking at the C-suite level about psychological health and safety management, Mm -hmm. um, which of course encompasses suicide prevention and awareness and secondary post-traumatic stress disorder. Love it. Fantastic. And congratulations on that additional level of clarity to put you in your sweet spot. Mm. Super. Yeah. Super. And 
you know, I was going to say too, I kind of lost the thought and then it came back and then I lost the thought again because I was so immersed in what it was you were saying and how well you were articulating it. Um, but I think, I think truly, and this has been my experience, and I've heard this spoken by many people who would echo the sentiment, and it's not an original thought, me specifically. Um, but when you really get exceptionally clear about what it is you are driven to do, what you are called to do, what you are passionate about, compassionate, um, you know, jazzed up, and, and what you would truly define as your purpose, that energy that you emit and exude to everyone else, the money shows up. Mm, yes. Right. The money yes. shows up. And I really do subscribe to the thought process of, you know, if you could do anything and money were not an object, mm -hmm. what would you be doing? And and do that. Yes. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all fine tuning things. We're all getting, you know, better at the branding and the marketing and knowing right. who our demographic is and knowing who to target, who to align with, who to network with. And yes. I think if you continually stay in that arena of doing all the right things repeatedly and people can see that you are authentically on fire and completely in the zone with what it is you believe is your purpose, mm -hmm. um, the money shows up. Everything yes. shows up. The subscribers show up and it's not for the sake of uh, being contrived and wanting the analytics or wanting right. the cash per se, but it does show up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, as far as I know and believe in the here and now, we've got one crack at this. So why go through life hmm. begrudging yeah. everything that you do and every hour that you spend and everything you're on the hook to, you know, perform from an obligation standpoint, you know, just get very clear. Where am I at my happiest? Where do I feel my most jazzed? And then absolutely. do that and make a, yes. make a living out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it seems like it's easy and, and it isn't. It's a journey for lots of people, yes. to, you know, to get to that place. And at the conference I spoke at, somebody afterwards came up to me and asked me, would you be willing to speak at X, Y, and Z? And I knew that it wasn't in my lane. And normally I would say to her, of course, yes, let's make arrangements. And yep. instead, you know, I looked at her and said, hey, I truly appreciate you asking. I'm going to take some time to think about it. However, at this time, that's not the direction of, of my career right now. And I was so proud of myself for being for able you. to release it and not worry, oh my gosh, will I lose money? But instead of that's not where my purpose is right now. But thank you for asking. Good for you. Well, yeah. and the thing is, too, that shows that you're discerning if people because sometimes leaders, they don't say no mm -hmm. uh, to everything. Um, mm -hmm. Right. For fear that they get overlooked or they get bypassed or they're not seen as credible or as sought out. Um, but the true, true leaders are the people who people can see very clearly. OK, they know what they're all about. They know what they stand for. And the person who's inclined to say yes all the time, I think, kind of loses footing from an optic standpoint in terms of what is it that they really stand for? Because yes. if you say yes to everything, mm -hmm. then people are going to, you know, how can you not question how much of that is money driven? Absolutely. Or just the lack of direction of that leader. Yes, that's absolutely. <laughs> I've been right? there. I have yeah. been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Yes. Um, we've all been there. But being cognizant of time, Christine, unfortunately, these interviews always go way too quickly for my liking. I want to give you an opportunity mm -hmm. to share with the listeners and eventually the podcast subscribers. Where can people find you? Where can people buy your book? Where can people seek you out for speaking engagements or to mm -hmm. potentially be a guest on your podcast? Absolutely. I love, love guests. Um, that would be wonderful. So they can reach me at uh, my website, 
Christy Knights, K-R-I-S-T-I-E-K-N-I-G-H-T-S dot com. That's just www.christynights.com. Or they can find more information about my 501c3 IRISE Leadership Institute at www.iriseleadership.com. On the Christy Knights website, they're able to purchase the book, schedule for consultation. If they would like to collaborate or work with me, they can schedule an appointment right there, um, as well as book speaking engagements. Beautiful. Well, I just want to say, Christy, it's truly an honor uh, and a privilege to know you. I'm so glad that we cross paths. And again, I don't believe that there's any such thing as coincidence. I think yes. energy attracts like-minded energy. And I think for what it is that you are continually committed to doing in your pursuit of helping other people and supporting other people and empowering other people, I just want to personally thank you for your contributions to the planet because more so than ever, we're very hungry for people like you. Um, so just keep shining, my friend, mm, uh, you. you know, keep going, keep fighting the good fight. And for the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your schedule to tune into my live show here, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'd like to remind you once again, too, all links following the live show can eventually be found on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald over on C-Suite Radio Network. I want to thank my corporate sponsors once again for believing in the content and the quality of the guests who I showcase each and every week here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So that would be a huge round of uh, thanks to AHA That, uh, Halton Honda, and Forever. I want to remind you that we go live here every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, which converts to 10 Central, which converts to 11 Eastern. I want to wish all of you a phenomenal weekend. I'm here to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Love and gratitude. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.